I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. We record our episodes live in Allspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Allspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Tonight, we glide across all the metaverses, which I guess makes them metaverse-i or something? I'm not sure. We'll talk about our experiences in the tried-and-true classics like VRChat and Rec Room, explore the young upstarts like Facebook Horizons, and even venture into the wilderness with Somnium, Sansar, and a few others. Uh, but um, to cover them all would be too difficult, so we do want to hear from you. Please use the raise hand option if we end up muting you uh, to give your opinion. Otherwise, just uh, yell it out. Uh, and of course, here uh, with me again is Futurosity. Welcome, Futurosity, who has uh, been fulfilling many roles for us. Sometimes he's our moderator extraordinaire. Sometimes he's our cameraman uh, and a bunch of other things. So we really do appreciate uh, all that Futurosity does for us which is what the new section's about. What could it be, Futurosity? This is a section that I'm calling State of the Nation uh, for obvious reasons. And this is when we talk about um, all the things that are happening in Simulation Nation. Uh, so today we wanted to express our gratitude to Futurosity and his bot, Futurosity VR, which is somewhere around here, uh, for all the events he's been helping with. Uh, but especially our biggest event ever, which was the official Burning Man experience with Athena Demos, uh, where we had over 150 users join the audience. We needed to use uh, front row, and uh, without virtuosity, uh, it would not have happened. So as a token of our appreciation, uh, we were gifting Futurosity with a Simulation Nation Series Zero NFT. Uh, so you could choose anyone you want, Futurosity. You're just going to have to make sure you set up your Aww. MetaMask, and uh, we will gift it on over to you, and it's yours forever. You can do with it whatever you want. Maybe you'll sell it for like a million dollars or zero dollars. Maybe you'll just keep it forever and have it in your, uh, your home um, museum or your art gallery or whatever. It's all up to you. So uh, we just wanted to... Hand that over to you as our appreciation. So thank you so much, Futurosity. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the props. It's been fun helping out the Simulation Nation. It's been a great time. Thank you so cool. much. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So these are these are some of the uh, NFTs we've got up. If anyone else wanted to take a look or buy one of your own, we're basically giving them away right now, as we did with Futurosity. Uh, you can find them on OpenSea. So go and check those out. Um, all right, so then uh, let's get to the business at hand. We got a lot to cover. Just a little topic like the metaverse. Nothing, nothing big. We're just you know covering the metaverse. Um, so what we're gonna do, uh, I figured, is start at the very beginning, uh, which is where the term metaverse was coined, which of course is from the 1992 Neil Stevenson novel Snow Crash. Uh, and so I know a lot of people think that my bot hero here was actually named after uh, the main character in Snow Crash, but that is not true. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe it, people. Hero protagonist here is over 100 years old. He's from the Earth AI 2 dimension, and it was Neil Stevenson that actually was inspired by Hero to name his main character Snow Crash. So now you've heard it here. This is the truth. 
says <laughs> Utopian is like, ah, finally we have the true answers as to what's happening. Eric Shuja looks a little bit skeptical, but that's okay. Drudy Do uh, has got his fancy Dave and Lot Wife and Rayon and uh, everyone here. <laughs> maybe some believe, maybe don't. Who knows? Uh, in any case, um, let's go to the definition that, oh, I don't think I have it up here. I seem to have missed that slide. Let's see, the definition of metaverse from the book Snow Clash. I'm going to read it off because uh, I, I clearly somehow left out that slide. Um, he described in 1992 a place called the metaverse, which is where humans as avatars interact with each other and software agents in a three-dimensional virtual space that uses the metaphor of the real world. So that's pretty crazy, right? That covers everything. Pretty much. I mean, that's an apt description. Yeah. So he really invented the term meta being beyond and verse being universe. It was a universe beyond. I love how, though, he describes it as though it's using the real world as a metaphor. So it's like, in my mind, what that means is like, okay, yeah, we've got we've got a floor. We've got a screen. We've got buildings just like we do in the real world. It's not like I think the reason he needed to make that distinction is because up until that point, you know, William Gibson had been the one who created the term uh, cyberspace. And when he was flying through cyberspace in Neuromancer and the other Sprawl Trilogy books, it was like an abstract space of shapes and colors and code. And so I think that Neil Stevenson really brought it down to, okay, we take that abstract idea, but we make it metaphorically like the real world. So I think that's really interesting. Well, in many ways, it's almost like skeuomorphic design principles. Um, you'll see it in many different products. Um, essentially, you know, Apple in the early 90s, you know, you would see a, a notebook and they would add stitching on the application button, for example, or they would make the trash can in the bottom right corner to kind of simulate a trash can at a desk. So, um, yeah, in many ways, that definition of metaverse is very much skeuomorphic. You know, they are trying to recreate the real world, the virtual. Yeah, world. yeah, totally. Um, I think the other uh, interesting thing that he talked about is software agents. And I think that that's kind of interesting because we do have some bots here today, right? Hero is a bot. And so it's kind of like maybe they were talking about those kind of characters or maybe they're talking about NPCs, you know, where it's like the software agents are a part of the computer program, a part of the computer code that helps guide you through the world. I'm not quite sure what he exactly meant by that. Um, but I think that's really interesting as well. I think, no, I think you're right. Concept of for it. The concept of agents, you know, has been discussed in a lot of other fiction. You know, think of you know the agents within the Matrix series, for example. You know, independent AI that can act as either a guide or police the area as well. So I, I definitely see that term as being you know pretty close. Yeah. yeah, and then I think the only thing that's really changed today from what people add to the definition of metaverse is kind of the idea of it being persistent and shared. So it's kind of like it's something that is maintained over time. So like your avatar, you would follow your avatar through different worlds. Uh, the worlds would be there uh, whether you're there or not. So it's sort of persistent and other people can travel through them. Um, and then it's sort of uh, three-dimensional virtual spaces. So I think that the people are getting a little bit more specific about some of those elements, but I think he created the really the foundation uh, for the term metaverse. Um, the other things that I think about when I think about metaverse, and, and if anyone here has any other opinions, please uh, let us know. But like, I think it, number one, it's sort of the next generation of the internet, right? Where it's like, 
the first internet, we go to a web page, it's in two dimensions, and we can click on things, and that's how we interface with it, whereas we actually have the internet kind of inhabitable. So it kind of becomes a three-dimensional thing that we step into and has a world within it. And that's sort of uh, where Web3 is going. That's one of the aspects of Web3, which I think is pretty, pretty appreciated and interesting. Um, and, then, uh, and then I think also uh, the fact that uh, cloud-based computing is around now, I think that's going to help create the persistence. Uh, I love the fact that there are now decentralized open source platforms. So hopefully we're not going to get IOI for any Ready Player Ones fans out there who are just going to try to like dominate the world. I'm sure IOI today is kind of like Facebook and hopefully not Microsoft. Don't kill us. Don't 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 give us uh, some kind of glitch in here, uh, alt space. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to find uh, open source platforms where we can actually own the platform and we can own parts of it and. Uh, you know, move through different interoperable metaverses with it. I think that's okay. So this is the last thing I'll say before I, I'll open it up to you guys. But like, I think that the big thing that's not here today is that a true metaverse is one that's interoperable. So like, we would be able to hop from alt space to Facebook horizons to VR chat, and it's, it would all be interoperable and you would have the same avatar throughout all of them. I don't think that exists yet. It's we're stuck in these little silos in the same way that the internet started. We had AOL where you're kind of in a silo of a little miniature kind of corporatized uh, version of the internet. And then it blasted open and became more open and everyone created web pages. I think that's the place we're at today where it's too difficult to create uh, our own open worlds in a platform that isn't held aloft by the profits of Microsoft or Facebook. I think that's the one piece that we're sort of missing. I, but I always think of the early internet as well. Remember the early multi-user dungeons um, where people were able to live in a persistent world and you know go on adventures. And eventually we had you know things like World of Warcraft and EverQuest where there were persistent worlds, but same thing. They were you know, isolated by individual companies and you had to kind of play their game. You weren't able to use your own tools to create you know, new experiences. And that's the one thing I love about this new metaverse experience is that little by little, users are getting more control over the overall experience and, and create entertainment as well as education. Um, that's the wonderful part of this new paradigm, Web 3.0 that we're seeing. And I think ownership too. I think ownership is a part of it where it's like we are actually able to uh, take an asset from a, a, a virtual world and bring it over into another virtual world. And we'll be able to have our assets now forevermore, which is kind of what we set off at the beginning of our, I think here with NFTs. I think that's what NFTs are, right? So NFT doesn't have to be a picture that you hang in your own private art gallery. It can be a sword that you carry across to a different world, you know, and you can buy very uh, limited amounts of limited uh, edition weapons and things like that. Let's start with the blockbusters. Let's start with the big boys, and then we'll go further and further into the wilderness. And uh, of course, we have to start with our one and only love, our, our home away from home, old space. Uh, and here is a picture of us in Simulation Nation. Simulation Nation calls old space our home. At first, uh, we were branching out, and we did some things in VR chat and some other places. But in the end of the day, this seemed to be the perfect place for the format of of creating a podcast that we could uh, record and then send out and proliferate through the internet. And so this is, it's got the best host tools. It's got the most amount of people for, to fill an audience. Uh, it's got the most amount of ubiquitous worlds that you can try 
um, that don't get too glitchy. Uh, we'll get into that with our next uh, two or three options. But uh, I think that Allspace's power is, first of all, the community, right? So, you know, we've got Utopian, WP, Eric Wu. I've traveled all the all the darn metaverse, whatever you call them. And um, I think that the best, smartest, most interesting people are here. If I was a 12-year-old kid, I probably wouldn't be hanging out in Allspace. I'd probably find a different platform to hang out in. But because uh, we uh, would love to explore, um, you know, a little bit more mature ideas and maybe more intellectual topics, it feels like Allspace is the place to be. I don't know. It, we could talk about the pros and cons of each. I think I just gave the pro category for what's good about Allspace. Anything you wanted to add there? Oh, I completely agree. Um, the community is the main factor about Altspace. Um, it's you know well educated, well informed people that want to explore you know this you know, this technology. So for me, I do feel like it's a little more mature and quieter. Let's just <laughs> say that when you do an Altspace event, um, there's less chaos. You know, you can tell that everyone is interested and invested in the experience. So overall, that's one of my favorite parts about this platform. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, there are uh, it's it's negative aspects as well. You, if is anyone's tried to play a game in here, uh, it's pretty rudimentary and pretty lame, um, you know. And so it's got to be that on the on the ranking of gaming and hanging out and playing something, we're pretty low in alt space. Um, and they obviously put all of their attention towards events planning and making sure we've got events tools and things like that. Um, but if you're if you're here to play a game, or if you're a younger person who just who wants to do something other than explore a world, this probably isn't the place for you. There's a lot of jankiness that goes on in all space, um, and I think you give up something for the fact that it's accessible to all, right? So if it's going to be accessible to all, that means you're going to have a lower poly count, so the worlds are going to be lighter, and so you can't put the detail into one of your all space worlds that you can in a VR chat world, for example, or something like that. So I know a bunch of world builders in Altspace and they're like, wow, I just go to VR chat to see what we'll be able to do in Altspace in five years or something like that, because they have a little bit of a heavier load that they can put into a VR chat world as opposed to an Altspace world. So I think there is trade-offs. Um, and I think that for now, Microsoft has made the right choice, which is let's get the most amount of people who are interested in VR into our events and ex exploring our worlds. And then we'll uh, build along with the hardware, uh, a bigger, more poly, uh, higher poly count and uh, a bigger worlds. I do see that because in you know, other platforms, you have two different levels of users. You, know, you have the you know, PC-based users that are using high caliber graphics cards versus you know, all-in-one headsets. So the one thing I do like about Altspace, it does feel unified because some services, you may not even see certain avatars, for example because they'll be PC only, um, which I find to be very odd. So at least with this, I feel like there's a consistent experience. It is slightly lower poly, but um, at least the design aesthetic is a little more cartoony. So cartooniness and stylization always I, it supersedes photorealism for me. So it does feel like there's a lot of options for expansion with an alt space. So I do see a bright future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do wish 3D objects, um, interactions within this environment, you know, it's still rudimentary. You know, I can't really pick up objects as I expect to pick them up or move them. You know, that's one thing I do have issues with alt space. But see how it looks in a few years. They're working towards something. Yeah. 
And for sure, you know, there is a lot of capabilities with MREs. I don't know if anyone here is uh, expert at MREs. How's it going, Mike? He loves VR. Um, but, um, you know, if you have someone like a Nira or if you have someone who really knows their MREs, you can do magical things. Like you could, you know, we for our Burning Man event had a... Uh, a wristband that gave us a dozen options, including creating a dust storm, having giant carrots fall from the sky, like having uh, giant bouncing balls roll through here, like bowling balls. Like it's really incredible what you can do, but you really need to be a coder almost. Like you really need to know how to use MREs and you, you, you can't just come into VR and have it in your backpack it, at this moment in time. At this moment in time, you really need an expert to guide you through those things or be an expert yourself. Um, that is the one drawback for sure. Um, yeah, the barrier to entry, at least there's universal tools and free tools. You could use Blender, for example. Um, you could use Unity, right. for example. At least those options are available for you know, people that want to learn on their own. So you can kind of grow with the platform. Totally. Uh, let's check out um, Rec Room. So the reason I put Rec Room next is because it just raised a hundred million new dollars to put its valuation at one point two five billion dollars. That's billion with a B. So Rec Room is by far the most popular uh, and the most profitable from a um, shareholder's point of view uh, metaverse. And so I guess we can go into why that is and what they've done to make it so successful. What do you what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on that when you were exploring it? Well, it's gaming. You know, gaming is one of the most exponential growth areas in business right now. I mean, it's new media. That's the one thing I like about it. But it reminds me of Nintendo Wii, for example, you know, that breakthrough product that was very simple to use, you know, motion controls. Okay, entry graphics, just enough to get you by. Um, I do like the stylized characters. They kind of remind me of those little, remember those that clown punching bag toy when you were a kid? You kind of mm -hmm. inflate it. You know, they're shaped like these little, you know, bobble people. So it's definitely is visually appealing to you know younger kids and also adults. I just want to have a, a light entertainment experience and you know, play a little bowling, play some darts, things like that. Yeah, I I think that that's probably the main draw. I remember when I was first. Um, getting into VR and I had talked with a guy who had a family and he's like, oh, you got to try Rec Room. We go in there with my whole family on a Saturday and it's super exciting and we get to hang out. We get to build something together with these blocks or whatever. We get to play a paintball game. And so I could, I think that's what it is. It's like a fun for the whole family kind of affair. It's also skews a little bit younger, uh, but there are really cool like capture the flag games and there's they're very professionally designed games. It feels like their paintball game um, seems like the level, uh, the the base level is pretty high. Uh, whereas at, in alt space, you can get some real clunker worlds and some incredible worlds. But Rec Room kind of balances out. They kind of uh, the 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 the, the uh, floor is higher and the ceiling is lower. I kind of feel like that's what it's like for them. Oh, and great physics as well. Um, I love the interactivity, you know, things like laser tag kind of games or capture the flag or even um, scavenger hunt style games. I mean, there's a lot of different options available within that platform. So I, I see it as, yeah, it's family friendly. Um, you know, it's kind of 13 and under in the entire family. You know, it seems like a pretty fun environment. I yeah. will say, though, you know, on the con side, you know, it can be a little chaotic at times, you know, when you're in certain public areas. 
But if you're just with a group of friends and family, you can control the, the environment a little bit better and have a focused, fun experience. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I have the same uh, experience. I'm sure Utopian, maybe you did too, but it's like, it feels like you're at a daycare where it's like, there's like a whole bunch of 10 year old kids running around and like playing with the mirror function and all that kind of stuff. And so it, it, it serves a different purpose. I could see why it's so popular. They make everything look nice and, and very cartoony, like you're saying, and, uh, and they make it a lot of fun and they make it uh, partly events that you can do. And then also game, things that you can invent sort of like Legos and sort of play and be creative and all of that. So well, one more thing about Rec Room, it does kind of remind me of um, the Roblox platform, yeah, Roblox, right. as well as Minecraft. Um, so there are tools that are a little easier to use um, versus, you know, some services which would require, you know, extra software knowledge and a little bit of coding. It does seem like, you know, if you give someone enough time, you know, they could be able to build something really interesting on their own. So you have to give them credit. You know, you see a 15-year-old make a really fun little game on their own in that world. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you and when you first get your Oculus, I don't know if everyone had this experience, but when I first got my Oculus, it was one of the first apps to show up that's free. And so you're like, oh, well, I guess if I'm going to try without buying Vader Immortal or something, I'm guessing I'm going to try Rec Room. And so it's, it seems to be a lot of people sort of cut their chops in their first Oculus experiences in Rec Room because it's free. It's right there. It's easy to use and, and all of that. So they're doing they're doing great uh, for, you know, the market niche that they're after, I guess. All right, so here we go. On to the crazy one. The wild, <laughs> the wildest one of all. VR chat. Yeah, Trollbat, I, I know you've been in there doing some crazy things. Rayon as well. Okay, uh, you know, I, like VR chat is like, if you want to have a kinky, crazy, wild, insane, like madness uh, event filled night, I think VR chat's your place to go. If you want to be shocked, if you want to be like, like, I don't know, is it just me or is it like, there's always something kinky going on in there. Like you'll go into a room and then there's like people dressed like, you know, half undressed anime characters and they're doing some crazy things. I don't know. It's like, I remember the first time I was in VR chat, I was sitting around a campfire and there's like a floating cube, a giant frog, a garden gnome, a 10 foot tall anime character wearing a short skirt, all just like hanging out around this campfire. And I was like, this place is complete madness. It's like, if you could invent a place that embodied the internet, I feel like VR chat is that place. It's just like oh, anything goes, like pure chaos, right? It it honestly felt like going to Mos Eisley Cantina or something like that. It is just like, not to say it was a hive of scum and villainy, but it was definitely a hive of some madness. There was so much going on that my first experience, I'll be honest, I logged out, you know, after only about 10 minutes. Um, I had a very odd experience. Um, so I do want to just talk about like safety and, you know, your personal boundaries because that was one thing that I experienced in VR chat where I felt like well, for a new user it doesn't seem like the options for you know creating your barrier and things like that are readily available you have to kind of do a little digging through menus because my first five minutes literally after I got into the area I said oh let me go check out this grapple gun game that seems like a simple entertaining experience mm -hmm. and I immediately was chased by some random fellow and they gave me a death threat oh no so I had to run away within the game Oh yeah, it was disturbing. I'm like, that was weird. So I tried to hit a button to report the person, but they already logged out of that world. So I had no way, no, no form of recourse. There's no way to say, hey, this person is doing like violations against the community and making people feel uncomfortable. 
uh, that was the one thing I had issues with because they allow you to pass through other people's bodies. Um, you know, so you're, you don't feel like a natural boundary. Mm. People can literally walk through you. So that first 10 minutes, I had to log out, chill for a sec, and then log back in and then do a little more exploring. And then I found some things I was a little more interested in. Right. For a new user, it can be quite overwhelming, that very first experience. Yeah. Yeah, the other the only other con that I think that uh, about VRChat is that because it's sort of so chaotic, some worlds you go into just completely glitch you out. Like like I I keep getting I kept getting glitched out of that world because there just doesn't seem to be like the floor and the ceiling are almost like gone. Like you can have a, a really lame world and you can have a world that's way too uh, heavy for uh, an Oculus headset and you'll just like crash out of the world all the time. And so I, I found that the you know the 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 con of it is also the pro the because i think the pros are that it's just like it's just like anything goes and there's so much freedom and it's so it, it's so wacky and and crazy that it kind of is entertaining and it's it has a value in that as well the fact that you can uh plug in your own avatars like you can sort of design an avatar and bring it in there it's not like you can't do that in old space or rec room right like you can't just we all have to be a certain size a certain shape and look human Whereas in there, you could be like a floating cube. You could be a flying frog. You can be anything you want. And so it's it's kind of fun and crazy in that way. Um, so you got to give it props. Customizations. Height. That's an interesting factor. You can literally dial in your height in the real world, and it kind of applies it to your avatar within the space. Um, I, that's a fascinating feature because a lot of times you want to kind of recreate the same natural eye level that you have in real life. And the fact I could dial that in was that that was a cool factor that I wasn't expecting to see. Yeah, um, it, the, the avatars. Go ahead. Oh, please, please. No, I was going to say it, it is. It, it oh. it's a little bit um, disorienting when you are this high looking at like like imagine we were standing here right now and like some giant King Kong sized anime girl starts. It's, it's really cool, but at the same time, it's like how do you have like a normal discussion when there's all this madness going on? That's the sort of drawback to it, but it's also fun and crazy as well. That's it's the best of both worlds, you know, the best and worst, I guess, in many ways. Um, it did seem hard to have conversations because you're not really sure, you know, is this person going to be a mute individual within the game world? It looked like there were some people that weren't chatting. Um, I bumped in a lot of mirror people. It seemed like they, you know, stare at a mirror and, you know, endlessly, mm -hmm. but they don't really interact with others. So there's many different subcultures interacting within that world all at the same time. So just from like, you know, from an anthropological viewpoint, it's a fascinating place. I mean, there's so many different people and characters and personalities. It's worth exploring. That's true. And you know, out being out, when I'm outside of all space, like let's say we're on our, I'm on our Instagram, and I, some of you I'm friends with on Instagram, uh, uh, maybe Nira. Hey, you got to get on Instagram as well. But um, I think that I, I would say that the second most popular platform for people that I'm interacting with on uh, Simulation Nation's Instagram are actually people who hang out in VR chat or are posting pictures of themselves in VR chat. So I know all of you have some kind of crazy experiences there because uh, a lot of people who are in all space uh, also hang out in VR chat. I think, you know, the, I think that the interesting thing about VR chat is that it's like, 
the 20 something crowd is more involved there as opposed to the rec room, which can be more family friendly. So I feel like you get into the more experimental uh, stuff. And I don't mean to, for people who are listening to the podcast later, I don't mean to everything is kinky and weird in VR chat. There's a lot of normal things. You can just really cool obstacle courses. There's games you can play. There's just, it's just the whole gamut, right? It's just like everything is there. Like it's like the, for the, for, for better or worse. Um, all right. So uh, let's, let's get to the new upstart here. This is another one that a lot of people have opinions about. Um, and it's of course, Facebook horizon. So you know, we should have mentioned that Allspace is owned by Microsoft, right? So it's another giant corporation that is sort of uh, controlling everything that happens in here. And Facebook is, uh, is the next platform uh, to sort of go into the metaverse. In the And actually, Zuckerberg, of course, said Facebook is now a metaverse company. So he is trying to ride this uh, trend into the future. He sees big potential here. So um, what did you think of uh, Horizons? And do you think it's going to take off? I believe Horizons has been the most pleasant virtual experience I've had thus far. Um, you could tell Facebook is really showing where the money's going with the product. Overall, it's like behavior of individuals was a little bit better. I think because since your real name is attached to your account in a way, and that if you act up within that service, you may get kicked out of Facebook and every other service you log in using that account. So I think it does keep people on slightly better behavior. So thus far, I've, I've had a very pleasant experience. It's visual fidelity is very nice. It feels a little safer. You know, if people are first time VR experiences, the fact that they have a personal bubble, a safe space button directly available on your wrist-based menu, that alone, I think, could help a lot of people that get anxiety in item, you know, virtual environments where they think that there's a little too many people. Yeah, you know, if I was to to say what Facebook Horizon is, I feel like it's the love child of Alt Space and Rec Room. <laughs> so it's like you kind of have like uh, a civilized uh, sort of um, s sort of uh, avatar that is similar across everyone's avatars. You got worlds that are very civilized, but you also have the gaming aspect of Rec Room where people can play games and, and have paintball and, and play, go through obstacle courses and things like that. So I kind of feel like, you know, it, it's interesting to see if it will catch on because I think it kind of gets the best of both worlds in a way. Um, and I don't mean to, I don't, I hate Facebook. You know, I talked about Instagram. I hate, you know, I don't <laughs> want Facebook to succeed to be perfectly honest, but I feel like they're coming on a little bit later. And so they can take the best of all of the other metaverses and try to create the one that's the most user-friendly and the one that will get the most amount of um, interaction. Um, having said that, there's no one, is there's no one there yet. Uh, so it's hard to say if it, it, because we we talked at the beginning here that the, the most important thing, the thing that makes all space is the community, right? It's like these are the people are the ones that make you coming back over and over again in, in Facebook Horizons. They haven't really had a chance to develop that. Uh, and so I'm very curious to see if they will. And I'm wondering why they haven't come out of beta quicker than they have. Like what's what's been taking them so long they sort of did this very quiet rollout to limited amount of people they had to be invited and then they're sort of rolling it out a little bit more but there's no like big launch uh, where they're going to get all these massive amount of people if there's any facebook people in the audience who know what's going on there please please do let us know i don't know what do you, what do you think is it going to catch on or is it like is it just going to i hope it catches on the venues aspect of it um the fact that 
could walk into concerts and have you know virtual experiences live. I, I think um, Billie Eilish is um, doing a concert this weekend within that area. Mm-hmm. So I think as they get yes. bigger musical acts, it, that's going to attract a lot of new users. Um, overall, it seems like it's a slow rollout, but I like the slow rollouts because it's just a chance to kind of enjoy it and explore, and hopefully it expands not too rapidly. I'm looking for a more natural expansion of new users where people get more curious and they say, hey, maybe I do want to watch you know, you know, an MMA event or they want to watch a concert or even some of their favorite shows. You know, They have various TV shows and channels that you just sit in an auditorium and enjoy with a group. So it seems like the options are wide open. I'm just hoping they play it smart. You know, a nice yeah. slow rollout, overdo it. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I kind of... Am I evil for hoping Facebook fails though? Like I don't know. Like I'm wearing an Oculus headset. Then I'm going to be living in a, a in a Facebook world. I'm I'm handi- spending all my time on my phone on Instagram. Like, is it safe for someone to become like everything? Like everyone here knows Ready Player One. IOI is the evil force of that world. We don't. Do we want like <laughs> one? They're going to have the entire stack of tech from the hardware to the software to the world to the. I feel like we need a good competition. We need we need Microsoft and others to kind of step up and like be uh, a little bit more balanced so that we don't have a monopoly taken over here because i do agree i think that they they're making a lot of the right choices i think that they could have an older crowd go in there but i think that also a younger crowd could fit in and i think it's more civilized where you could have an older crowd stay in an area and and have their more uh mature conversations and then go off and play so i do feel like that they're they they have all of the ingredients there um and they've got the money behind them obviously uh but they just don't have the people yet um and i guess we'll have to wait and see um i'm i'm rooting for i'm rooting for alt space though to this point still so so guys don't 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 be uh don't be migrating over to facebook horizons just yet uh we'll get our we'll get our our wizards like uh, jimmy working on the case over here <laughs> keep it keep it getting better um, any, I'm glad you brought that up. Just the differences between the services um, when it comes to you know creation and ownership. Um, we haven't gotten that much information on how Facebook is going to handle the creation tool and ownership. You know, like how is it going to work with digital goods and things like that and user made content. So uh, it is a wait and see. Definitely, yeah. I'm you know I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to do the right thing. But um, the alt space model. Yeah, I really do enjoy it. You know, the creativity that's here. I'm not sure if Facebook's going to allow that. Right. So that's what we have to wait for. That's that's a good point. Jimmy seems to agree. Maybe he has an insider insider clue there. The other thing that I will say though that Facebook Rise is really kind of messed up on from my point of view is that Altspace has this nice menu where you can escape to another world at any moment. Like it's very quick, very easy to, to world hop and it's very easy to get out of a situation you're not comfortable with. It, it Facebook Horizons, I kept getting stuck in these dead ends, whereas like I would be going down the rabbit hole of the metaverse and then suddenly I didn't know how to get out and I had to like reboot the system because I couldn't find a menu that would allow me to just get to another world. So I feel like they're still working out some of those kinks as well. You know, I had the same situation. It felt like I was stuck on a wall. I'm like, help. You know, I felt like I couldn't move. And, and that's also a very disconcerting experience. You know, you're in this virtual space. You have this avatar that kind of looks a little bit closer to you versus other services. And then suddenly I'm falling through walls. You know, that was my first experience. Mm-hmm. I, I fell through the floor and kept falling. And it, that was disturbing. You know, it's just, I had to escape and you know, quit the app. 
Um, I do like how Altspace lets you find your friends quickly. So if you need a, yeah. you know, not just a safe space, hey, I want to find my friend. I'm going to hit a button. I can just go over to that world. It's one thing I wish that Horizon would have available. I want to be able to find my friend easily, jump over to that world, have a better experience if I'm having a bad one in a different place. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone else have an opinion on uh, Horizons before we move on? Yes, Nira, what's, uh, what are you thinking? I really liked one thing about it that I wish we had here. I mean, we have these. You can tell what my mood might be. But I have a friend that doesn't speak a whole lot, and I went there with him. And the facial expressions were really, really fun for me to see that. And I liked going to rec room for those same reasons. And I wish Altspace had more of that so people could show. I mean, often we're sitting there and it's silent and you're talking to somebody and that can create some anxiety of not knowing how people are receiving what you're saying. So Facebook, I did like that about it. You know, if I could say one thing that I thought was really, really, you know, great was to see what that he was like laughing and he kept choosing those things. And it seemed a little more personable. I mean, kind of like the boost that we got with the eye tracking in here. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the fact that you can just, it's more intuitive, right? You, you put your thumbs up and the thumbs up emojis go up or you put your hands in the air and the confetti goes, and, and it's like, it just feels more intuitive with your body uh, as opposed to having to look over and find the little ball that, you know, opens up the other wheel that then you can give an emotion for sure. Uh, it, uh, even just not even talking about facial expressions, but just talking about emojis. Uh, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, Kristen. So when we had gone in, a bunch of us had gone in to um, explore it. We had found some community builders and they were immediately like, really welcoming and it was really nice to see it but that's that's like here as well so you know i found that kind of on par with all space but what i noticed is you know they're not very event focused mm -hmm. and they don't seem to have the capability to handle a lot of people in one room so that was like you know always like a thought in the back of my mind is even if you come in here to do events you're ability to target a larger audience is so limited i like the way you can build and i like the way you can script right inside and i like the fact that there's the collaboration builds that's really really cool um so some really interesting things happening there but it just feels like it's such a long way off and the audience like you know to go in there without a group of people is you know it's it's almost i don't even know the word i'd use for it but like you know it's really hard to find like a niche in there unless you bring it with you mm. i just i'm curious if that's going to change or you know if it's expanding or if they intend to just keep it small that way right. you know so but somehow I don't think Facebook's going to keep anything small. We'll see, we'll see how, but, but, <laughs> but, you know, maybe they're, you know, I heard rumors, oh, they're giving up on their Facebook horizons model. And now they're going to more focus on an augmented reality model so that you'll be on your phone, but then, so you'll have your Facebook friends, but they'll in, be in your glasses now out in the real world. And they're going to focus more on that. Who knows? There's so many rumors out there. I, I feel like uh, it's impossible to say, but I'm really curious to see how it all unfolds because. Uh, for sure, they can uh, rival uh, Microsoft with their um, 
with their resources and surpassed Microsoft, maybe even. Uh, so, okay, St. Justin, uh, what you got? Hey, how are you? Good, doing? good. How are you? Um, so, um, a couple things. Uh, one, um, I really like when you have, uh, you know, a mechanism that is, you know, something that is tied to the real world or tied to something that's logically plausible in the real world. Um, so, number one, scripting. If Altspace really wants to overtake Facebook, if they really, you know, engage people with scripting and allowed a lot of different scripted actions to happen within Altspace, and then also allowed uh, Unity to take, you know, a part of that. So you could actually import world with actual, you know, running scripts mm. where you could click on something and have an action, you know, an action response. That would be, I mean, that would be phenomenal. That'd be so cool. There's so many different things that we could do is, especially as game developers or as world developers that we could, you know, do with, you know, bringing that mechanism in. Mm -hmm. um, Another one, I mean, I'm a sci-fi geek. I love the Rick and Morty sort of portal gun. Oh, yeah. If they brought something like that, like where you could break out a gun and just, you know, uh, I don't know, do a world search, you know, kind of type in, you know, where you want to go and then poof, there's the portal and you actually go through the portal. If they could bring something like that. Yeah, that would be so, so that cool. Would be cool. Um, I think that would be the other one. I, th I think that would overtake, I mean, that would overtake, you know, Facebook by far if they brought something, some kind of, you know, physical mechanism where you whipped it out and just said, boom, there's the portal and you walk through the portal and, you know. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's giving us a, uh, a demonstration of the portal. I guess it's just not in gun form yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, we have for <laughs> we have portals are just not in gun form. Let me let me work on that. I'll make it green and make it flat. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Um, any other thoughts on uh, Facebook Horizons, which uh, obviously seems to be uh, one of the up and covers here, up at one of the rivals? Uh, we got a few more few more we explored here. Um, Actually, you know, Nira, I'm so glad you're here. One of them I got, I was introduced to by you. It's not the next slide, though. So I bet you can guess which one it is. Um, maybe you don't remember. We'll see. But it's, I think it's the one after the next one. So uh, Engage. So this one is kind of interesting. For me, uh, this one was going really after the Microsoft turf like this was like it's like they're throwing down the gauntlet and they're just being like okay you think you got what you got microsoft we're gonna do it with higher poly cal we're gonna do it with better graphics and we're gonna have a little bit more higher end more corporate and uh i think that that's what the market engages going for because it's very much like it, you can you can get to it on a normal Oculus, but it feels more like boardroom-esque for some reason. It feels more like this is like a business uh, place where people can meet at an actual business meeting. So it's sort of like what venues or what, you know, I guess Facebook is talking about the, um, the work that you can enter with your virtual headset. I think this is sort of going after that market as well. Uh, what did you think about Engage? Well, I like the educational aspects of Engage. Um, I did see like, you know, the work group where, hey, we could, you know, spitball ideas on a virtual board in a virtual office. But the educational side, as far as, let's say you take an anatomy class and you could have a full three-dimensional human body as a 3D object 
And you can literally go through human anatomy and scale it at different sizes. Or let's say you're doing, you know, studying microbes in biology class. Well, here, here's a three-dimensional version of a microbe that you can actually expand and see within your hands. Um, that was one of the more fascinating aspects to me. I, I, I can't imagine if I had that level of education as a child where I could actually physically be in the place and be able to zoom in to 3D objects and view them from all different angles. That's something I think is very innovative about Engage. Um, I think that's the future of education. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Has anyone else explored Engage? I think um, for me, I, so I, we have an interview coming up with Vid uh, Victory XR, which created the first virtual high school. And I believe that they use the Engage platform for some of their classes. So it, it does seem to be education-based or corporate-based and things like that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I guess it's not something that you go and you play in. So maybe that's why it's not as popular uh, among, um, among alt spacers. Uh, Kristen, what do you think? I had explored Engaged as well, and I, I do like it for that reason. We're actually bringing a classroom into Engage and trying to figure out how to bring it in here. Engage was uh, a little bit easier to navigate the education aspect of it. It is very corporate. On the downside of that, if you want to go in, and I had popped into a few like public classes, but you really need a code. Uh, most of the time to get into like any of the interesting classes, the the public ones are like how to's and, you know, right. uh, I don't know, very random things. I, I think this one has a lot of potential, especially for corporate. Um, you know, you can see it here too. That's the thing, you know, I don't find that I can't do anything in there that I can't do in here. There's just a few things, you you know. Yeah. Just, just feels a little bit more professional. Yeah, a little smoother. They got it because they they have better graphics. A little bit smoother. The, the, the avatars yeah, less look less audio. Like the audio is really yeah. The audio also is like less of a. So far, thankfully, has been less of a, a an issue. Yeah. But I think it's also a completely different audience. Right. You know, people aren't spending their time in, engaged. They're going into engage for a very specific purpose. Right. And it's being that in the real world is this platform to utilize and people are starting to you know take advantage of it so yeah i don't know curious to see where it goes absolutely yeah and it's it's interesting i guess you know i'm i'm gonna take a guess here someone like jimmy could answer this much more <laughs> accurately but i feel like if you're going into enterprise you can focus on like a certain level of quality because you assume everyone has like an oculus quest or whatever whereas in alt space You've got so many different platforms you're catering to. You've got the PC, you've got the Mac, you've got Oculus. It used to be Oculus Go. You've got these, you know, you, and we have to build our worlds to a poly count that fits with mobile. So it's like, this is sort of just more, uh, the, 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 the positive of that is that it's open to more people, but the negative is that they're not going to be that niche enterprise, uh, you know, hit that niche enterprise market. Um. But again, that's uh, all, all speculation. Uh, there's, I'm sure, people in this audience who can answer that much better than I. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Um, uh, so this one is, is is really interesting. So I I was on spatial at the very very beginning when they were doing the little beta, and there was literally one room in there, but you could just like have your room, and then you could you could like. But I 
it was, I loved the fact that you could bring in these 3D models, you could expand them or contract them, you know, very simply. And so I remember I built, um, this is when Simulation Nation was very first beginning. I built, it was almost like a vision board, but a floating 3D vision board in spatial so that I could have my um, collaborator uh, and collaborators come in there and we could take a look at what the idea was for, for Simulation Nation. But it's like, uh, that was at the very, very beginning. It's expanded quite a bit now. There's like a whole bunch of different things you can go to. And then I, at one point, I, I went, speaking of the Mos Eisley Cantina, I went into the, I think it was a user-generated Mos Eisley Cantina. And uh, you can see uh, pictures of like Han Solo where he shot Greedo. And then you could actually take a picture of yourself <laughs> in the seat that Greedo was sitting in, which is like super fun and super cool. But the thing that totally creeped me out is that I forgot that, I had set up a, a uh, photorealistic avatar. So when I took a selfie of myself, I realized, oh my God, like I'm looking at myself, like in the real world, um, <laughs> totally creeped me out. And it, 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 there is that thing called the uncanny valley where uh, if you can't, uh, you know, the uncanny valley, the idea is that there's a certain spot between cartoony and real that uh, gets too, if it gets too close, but not close enough to real, then you start, uh, having this strange feeling that it's uh, unnatural uh, in the in the same way that people had the problem with the movie Polar Express, where the eyes weren't quite meeting. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. What, what do you think yes. of spatial? Uh, some of it I'm like totally blown away by and some of it kind of creeped me out. I, I'm in the same boat. I, it looked beautiful. Um, I did love the visual on an Oculus Quest 2. I was really surprised. I'm like, wow, like they really pushed the poly count. But those avatars, um, it, the Uncanny Valley for me, it almost felt like a person was wearing skin. It wasn't a human. It wasn't, you know, a virtual avatar. It was something zombie-like. And that did kind of disturb me at first. But the environment itself looks so beautiful. I mean, I, I used um, to relax just the other day. I went to Spatial and I had my little whiteboard and I'm out in the woods with a little campfire going. And I was just throwing ideas on my little vision board. And it, just by myself, I just felt like, wow, this is a great experience. It reminded me of when I'm writing, I like to have a large mirror that I walk in front of, post-it notes on the mirror as I'm thinking through ideas. And that was the equivalent of that. And it just felt very smooth and clean and user-friendly. So it's the avatars that bothered me, but the environments and the workspace itself, I, I thought they were very clean and beautiful. It wasn't like this sterile version at Facebook. You know, their office version is essentially, you're in a office of the fake wood and gray floors. At least with this one, you could use an auditorium environment that's beautiful. You use outdoor environments. I felt like I had more options so I could be creative and just think and share some ideas with myself. Uh, so it'd be great to see how it works with multiple collaborators in that environment. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't know if you guys have any, any strong opinions about that, but I, 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 the other thing I love about Spatial, though, is that it's very easy to set up... Um, uh, multimedia. So like you can have someone on a zoom call and then you can have someone in avatar form and you can, you know, that is very easy to do. And I, I, I hope that Altspace is able to integrate that stuff a little bit more like right now, you know, we could have, I guess, technically a zoom call on this web projector, but I'm not sure. I guess you could do that. I guess, uh, I'm not sure if it's as easy as it is in spatial. It's as, as uh, seamlessly integrated as it is in spatial. 
Um, but I, I feel like they got to revisit the idea of the avatar looking too photoreal. Like, I think that going a little bit more cartoony to have that distance between reality and until the technology gets there where eyes will be able to track, facial movements will look uh, like everyone hasn't had Botox in there or something like that. Once they, until they master that, I feel like they should step a little bit further into uh, the cartoon land like these other platforms are doing. Um, Anyone else have any thoughts on spatial before we move on? It's kind of a niche one. I feel like it's not as popular. Uh, it's not as used. I guess it has more limited uh, purposes. All right. So then I got. I think we got. We got uh, maybe two more here. We weren't able to cover them all. Obviously, there's just too much. Uh, so Sansar. This one's kind of interesting. I think you you said you had technical problems with Sansar. That's the issue. Um, unfortunately, I prefer the in one headset um, when it comes to these kind of worlds. So, you know, trying to do PC VR, you know, my computer has a pretty decent graphics card, but it definitely was chunking it. I wasn't able to really do that much in it. it I just could just look. So I didn't feel like I had a full experience and it felt like was the barrier to entry was a little too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, you have to use the link and attach it to your PC. Um, and uh, we'll get to Lady uh, Zen, uh, Zenaida in just a second. Um, but I, I, the interesting thing about Sansar, of course, is that Second Life, which is sort of a precursor to all of this stuff, the developer was the one who designed Sansar. So they really have a, sec a head start. But then, of course, they, tried, they launched Sansar. They didn't have the success they were hoping for, so they actually sold it. And then they announced that they were then going to try to take Second Life into the virtual world. So apparently, I don't know if anyone has any inside scoop here, but apparently uh, this this lab, Linden Labs, is now working to make Second Life a 3D virtual metaverse type world, which obviously they have an understanding of. Uh, an, uh, they had a fully functioning economy back in Second Life. There's like $500 million of virtual goods were being passed uh, through that platform. People fell in love and out of love and had their uh, Second Life in Second Life. So they, they, they must have a lot of data on how to make something like that work. It's interesting that they gave up on Sansar. I wonder if it's because of the fact that it's sort of too uh, high end in the sense that you need a, a, a PC to be able to attach your Oculus to, or you have to have a Rift or something like that. Um, in order to make it work, but it's certainly that's the hardest part. Yeah, it certainly is flashy, uh, and it's the, the worlds are gorgeous, the avatars are gorgeous. Um, all right, so here here were the here were the pros of that I thought were pretty interesting in, in Sansar. Number one, it's like they really design it to be like a night on the virtual town, right? So it's like you can buy clothing for your avatar. You can buy dance moves if you're going to go to the, you know, the virtual club and you could actually like whoever pays the most, I guess, will have the fanciest dance move. And then the other thing I thought was really kind of cool, though, is that you have a backpack. So you actually have like items in your backpack that you could use through that. Like maybe you get like a streamer or you get like a glow stick if you're at the club or whatever. And um, that was kind of an interesting idea. It's like they're sort of replicating. Uh, a Friday night out in LA, for example, but taking all of those things that you would do, but putting it into the metaverse, um, including, you know, like I said, clothing, attire, uh, accessories, dance moves, this stuff you can pay extra for. Um, and so there's sort of a, 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 an economy within Sansar. So I thought it was, it was kind of an interesting idea. 
uh, it's it's uh, not something that I would necessarily uh, you know be doing all the time. But I just think that I could see there being an audience for that. I could see there being a place for that in the metaverse, bigger metaverse picture, or sometime in the future. Um, so yeah, I, I guess um, that was quite fast. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of neat. And then we were talking about uh, we were talking about. Um, emojis i mean they've got like panda emojis and like really kind of funny uh you know toast emojis and curse word emojis and it's definitely a little edgier uh it's definitely uh, as you can see from this picture here um it's more for uh the the party crowd out on a friday night uh 20 something or whatever um a little edgier there was a world i went into uh that was uh kind of like the high poly version of simulation nation here simulation city um and it was just it was beautiful i have to you know i have to admit and there was a soundtrack they had a lot of npcs running around to make it feel like it's populated um interesting idea but it doesn't look like it's it's going anywhere i think they may have may have uh I know some company bought it, uh, but it doesn't seem to have caught on. Um, I don't know. It seems like, yeah, no one has too many opinions about Sansar here. Anyone, anyone explored that world? Not really. Oh, except for Lady Zendaya, who we can't hear. Maybe. Oh, here we go. We'll try it one more time here. One, two, there one, we go. two. Testing. Absolutely. Got you. Coming. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, yeah, I, I have been in Sansar. I wanted to be part of the discussion as well. Um oh. I've been noticing that, yes, okay, so I have a Rift S, and I don't actually enjoy being in there on the headset, hmm. also because of the graphics, as you mentioned. So I, usually I just go in, you know, PC mode and get a much, you know, clear image. Hmm. Um, for, like, events, I think it's really great. Uh been collaborating with the music oasis and they created this beautiful venue and i feel that for um culture and uh, business and like festivals and mm -hmm. venue anything it's like really great because also we got the chroma key and it can do green screen and holograms and, and stuff like that um i think it's really cool that you can instantly donate money to an avatar right instead mm -hmm. of having to be like you no know, of having banners like in outspace right you, you have to like it's donation you know send me a paypal right right right, <laughs> right? so uh, there's just like you know more instant uh and direct when it comes to currency exchanges but it has had its um lag points because it's it's so a high um requirement yeah. technology wise in order right. to access it that there's less population right compared to outspace for example right right yeah. there's more traffic here than there absolutely yeah that's the high-end yeah. party space almost it's it's like it's it's a night on the town but it's an expensive night on the town yeah, exactly. And like, you got to look good. You can't just right. have a generic avatar because then it's like, whatever. <laughs> right. right. So then you start, you get into like buying skins and hair and costumes. And then like, it's, it's, it's there's certain like the thing about Second Life, <laughs> you know, and then it, leading into the creation of Sansar is like being user friendly in regards to avatar building. It's, it's so difficult. It's like, I've been, 
banging my head with the pants for the last year, several months on this, and I still don't have a half decent avatar on Second Life. <laughs> okay, it's ridiculous. And you look I, and wonderful I feel like in money here. on it. And <laughs> you know, right? It's like I. This is why I always come back here. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was absolutely great points. I I totally agree that that. You know, for better or worse, I think this this pay to play model is coming. Uh, I don't know. I hope that we can find a good balance, though, because um, it does get very expensive. Yeah, but then like once once your your avatar is set and you start networking, then it's like boom, bam, right? Like I've done a bunch of open mics on on both Sensor and uh, and Second Life. And they're the mo it's the most money I've ever made in virtual reality just for showing up and singing my songs. You know? Because people like I've I've done concerts here and uh and I've had people donate to me while I was performing here, but like I show up at one open mic and boom, you know, thirty bucks for that one song. I was like, Whoa, hello. You know? <laughs> I was like I'm curious. How do yeah, you? So how do? Yeah. How did that? How does that work? Because I guess you have a wallet that links to your virtual goods, right? So they could just like ping your wallet and send you over some money. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you, you, there's like, um, you know, the bubbles above your avatar. Mm -hmm. You got the add friends, send a message, send money. Mm -hmm. Right, and then does it show up in like your PayPal account, or how does it show up in your account? Uh, no, it shows up like on your account, but then you can extract right. it and send it either to your PayPal or got something. It, got it, got you know? it. Crazy. Um, yeah, and in Second Life, you can also have tip jars. Okay, so, uh, but all, but it's also PC. It's not VR. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for cool. thanks for that experience. That's interesting. Um, cool. Uh, all right. Uh, and Nira, do you have some experience in Sansar? I do. I actually spent quite a bit of time. Oh, there. interesting. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> My daughter decides to talk. The real world is imposing on our <laughs> virtual. <laughs> um, actually, I spent a lot of time in Sansar and built stuff and tried to see, like, I did find it not so easy as a uh, lady was talking about to get money out of there. I believe they take a percentage. Mm. So I when I was looking into it, didn't think it would be like a great way to be making a lot of money. Mm. It was fun. I liked the people there. It felt like a nice community feel. It was very small. Um, there, one of the really cool things about it is when you go in there and try clothing on. And I mean, yes, this is all expensive sort of stuff. They have a uh, meaning for a PC connected headset, but they have a cloth simulation that when you are pulling your clothing on, it actually snaps to your body and moves. You can shift the clothing around on your body and actually pick it off and move it like you're truly getting dressed. Wow. And that was a really unique experience in itself just to do that alone. So, I mean, and even going in with the basic avatar, they put a lot of work in the very beginning of making the face to be completely customizable. Yeah. I mean, I could change everything and make myself look really unique right. with just their basic tools. I didn't need to go in and buy an avatar. Right. So, I mean, there is that option that you can upload it and, and have that. But, but it also goes along with that uncanny valley that you were talking about too. Like there's this sub scattering, you know, light. It looks like skin that's on mm -hmm. you. And when 
any time, which I'm really glad on space made the decision to get rid of our arms and legs. Mm. Anytime when you have that in a platform and you're not truly being tracked, and even when you are, it's just not perfect right mm-hmm. now. So it's really, you know, kind of gross when you're talking to somebody and their legs bend the wrong way or their elbows or wrist break, you know, it's like, yo, <laughs> you know, like it, it stills your mind does not transfer correctly. So that is something that at times, you know, is a little, a little weird or the dimensions, my hands seemed a little too small or people's heads seem small. They could change their perspective. And so right. there was a little bit of that with people looking so real and yet not following, you know, what is real, the, you know, the true aspect ratios of things and allowing that makes, makes it for a little strange, but right. definitely has some neat yeah. things. I mean, I would, if you can check it out. I would, I would definitely go give it a whirl. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a neat place to see very high textures and things, definitely. but no particles, which is why they didn't get me. Right. <laughs> they have all this expensive stuff, but they had flip book animations. I always thought that was hmm. funny. So I'm a particle person. Right. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely sort of a, 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 a interesting place to like go and have a party or like, like she was saying, like a musical venue, they've got incredible lights and these, you go to the club or you go to this place and it just looks really cool. There's no question. It's, it's very cool. Um, all right. Interesting. So, okay. We got one more to go here. Nira, did you want to take a guess as to what it might be? It's the one you, I think, introduced me to. Do you remember? No, you don't remember. Well, here we go. Let's see if she remembers after we show it. Somnium Space. Uh, Arthur and Somnium Space. So I, uh, so I think I had mentioned to Nero uh, a long time ago that I was, uh, you know, into crypto forever, and I, I'm uh, obsessed with all that stuff. And of course, this is the first crypto native uh, metaverse. So it's it's you can buy virtual land on virtual plots, and they will be embedded onto the Ethereum. Um, uh, blockchain so they're there for all time and no one can change them and if you have the deed essentially to that land you can build on that land you can sell that land on a on a marketplace um and you can populate that uh let's say you build a house on your land you can populate with nfts uh you start creating your own art gallery and it's it's it really is like a potential uh crypto economy uh built right into the metaverse, which I, I, I love. Uh, having said that, it makes Sansar look cheap. I tried to buy some digital land back in the day and it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to buy it just yet. Now it's like the floor price is like $350 for like a, a plot of land in the middle of nowhere, by the way. The other negative element to it is there's no portal. Like, okay, there's portal centers. So it's kind of like you can go into a... Um, a teleporter and then it will teleport you to this specific spot but it's not like you can jump uh with your like we can in here and just teleport 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 it's like you're running across the world or you can immediately portal to a part of the world no you've got to like go to a bus station which is essentially the portal station and then you can zap to another part of town but there's no guarantee that there's that part of town is going to get built up or there's anything there yet so it's 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 very much in its infancy <laughs> uh, it's really interesting and fun to play with and to experiment uh with but um very expensive and hard to get around um i don't know Would you check out uh, some new space at all or what do you think I had a, I didn't have the greatest user experience. You know, it definitely maxed out my machine. 
Um, I also explored it in 2D mode, at least, just to get around a little. Now, I am fascinated by how they use NFTs for having unique avatars. I think that's a cool innovation where essentially you have a three-dimensional object. It's not just, you know, a two-dimensional, you know, NFT piece of art. It's actually 3D. You can own it. That alone is something I think is the future. Essentially, I want to figure out how they're going to create better licensing terms. You know, like how do you actually own this object? Do you fully own it or does it go back to the artist upon a certain you know, end of the license period? But either way, um, yeah, having 3D objects in that way, I, I think that's the most amazing thing I've seen so far. Um, I, and also the fact that you have a one-of-a-kind avatar, you know, like that's the thing about the NFTs. You know, the power of an NFT is the fact that it's a unique token. So you don't have to worry about everyone running around in a banana costume. You know, it's like, no, this is my unique V. And I think that's a great way to reflect your personality. Either you build it yourself or you could buy it from someone else. But the fact that you have a unique one-of-a-kind avatar, that's the future. Oh, totally. And they, and, but by the way, they take it a step further where they have this automatic recording mode where uh, if you go in there in your avatar form, they will automatically record it so that someday your avatar will be able to come to life. So that they're trying to like think ahead into the future of longevity and having your uh, living in digital form. And they're trying to build this as though it's like that that show upload where you could like live on forever on the blockchain in this virtual world. And they're sort of trying to play with those ideas now, which is completely wild and completely sci-fi. But uh, I, I have to admit, I, I love that kind of stuff. So it's uh, I love playing around in that world. But um, yeah, there are some frustrating elements to it. Um, anyone have any plots of land in Somnium or anyone else explored Somnium at all? Um, I know, you know, the other uh, crypto land is Decentraland, but Decentraland is only two days still. Um, those plots of land were much cheaper, but they, uh, the highest plot of land there sells for hundreds of thousands of dollars now. Um, and it's all, it, they're all, uh, Decentraland was ERC-20 token, which is an uh, Ethereum native token. And then um, Somnium uses Ethereum native as well. So uh, I guess they all have to hope that the Ethereum blockchain is the one that becomes the most popular or else they'll be, Ghostlands, I guess. I'm not sure how that works. Um, <laughs> but anyway, well, um, I'm fascinated by. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just as far as like the NFTs and, you know, which blockchain is going to be, you know, the most dominant one over the next couple of years. Um, I do feel like there's a certain level of speculation. Um, I wouldn't want to buy land at this very moment. Um, I just feel like there's too much outside real world money coming in. Um, I would prefer a more organic process where you're digital for digital. You know, I would prefer an economy where you're actually getting resources digitally within the world, you know, either by selling objects or, you know, selling tools to other people. I would prefer it that way versus people using cash from the actual physical real world to buy Ethereum, to buy products in space. I, I just prefer a more, you know, a closed environment that creates a more realistic economy of sorts, you know, because we don't have an economy where people from... You know, it doesn't go the other way around. We don't have digital people coming into the real world you know, to buy real world land. So why don't we keep it all within digital? I think that's just more, you know, for equity's right. sake. You know what yeah. I mean? I just feel like outside resources or any rich person can, you know, buy up as much land as they want. Right. I wouldn't mind if, hey, the smaller level artist can, you know, sell an avatar or two and use that towards buying property. I think that's a little more fair. Yeah. No, absolutely. 
I mean, if digital goods take off and you're a designer of digital goods, then maybe you'll have a fancy digital mansion and fancy digital Sonia space or something. Who knows? <laughs> um, all right. So we, we couldn't we couldn't go through too, too many more, uh, unfortunately, because, um, uh, you know, I wanted to cover Mozilla Hubs a little bit. I don't know if anyone here. I, th I think that a Mozilla Hubs has been having trouble. Didn't they didn't they shut down during the pandemic and they were un it was unclear as to what is happening over there? I'm not sure about that. Um, and I don't know if anyone knows what's happening with Mozilla Hubs. But the great thing about that is that it's completely open source. Uh, it's on the web. You don't need to have um, a headset or uh, uh, you know anything like that. You can just uh, create on there um, uh, very very easily. Um, and it seems to be the most maybe open and democratic and less corporate of all of the different platforms. Um, I don't know if anyone here has any experience with Mozilla Hubs, but um, yeah, it looks like uh, Saint Justin does. But I, we can't. Let's. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay, first uh, St. Justin, yes. Oh, yeah, so um, I, I ha own a business uh, that does uh, IT solutions, and I was using it for meetings, um, and it worked out pretty well. I could send a link to anybody and just say, hey, meet me up here, and uh, the barrier of entry was you know, pretty easy as long as they had you know, a, like a Google, Google account or some kind of account to get on, you know, they could do so. It's it's lacking a lot um but i mean it i don't know it served my purposes so great nice uh and you're um i really spent quite a bit of time there too they have a meetup every friday okay. or they used to yeah, i haven't been there in a few months or whatever but they uh they have a lot of stuff there that i i think is pretty useful for you know quick especially like what justin said quick meetings um you know, it's just going to be a private link, you know, that you're not going to have random people just popping into if you want something, you know, for a specific event. And you can get about, I think it was up to about 30 people in a space too, which for a lot of these other platforms, that's not as common to be able to get so many people into it. So being able to use it on lots of different platforms, headsets, and get that many people into a space quick and dirty, you know, and spawn objects right then and there by looking i mean you can do that in here too but you know like by just bringing in a url it's all web-based so it just does this little noise and pops up right in front of you so you should check the meetup uh, one of the meetups on friday if yeah. you ever want to see it and and the, all the you know people that work there are at that meetup too they're very involved <laughs> so i think that uh that it's got potential for sure. Good, great, good to hear. Yeah, I think they have the right intentions, uh, definitely in mind. So uh, hopefully they can they can pull things out. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I had read that they were that they had lost their funding or something, but it sounds like they're they're okay. They're doing doing okay. Um, all right, great. So I guess you know usually we do before we go. Usually we talk about the future, where you think this is all headed. I think probably everyone here is in agreement that we all foresee a sort of Ready Player One future, and hopefully it's not a dystopic one. Hopefully it's one in which uh, it's not all siloed into uh, corporations, but is more interoperable and is open to the public, and everyone can build, and it's uh, you know democratic and, and all of that. Um, I don't know if anyone had any specific opinion as to which they would prefer to see, what model they like the most, uh, where they spend the most amount of time, and 
where they think it's headed, let it let us know. Um, what what do you think, uh, Futurosity? Where how long is it going to take uh, for this to become mainstream, and where is it headed? Well, I think it's we're one generation away. I think in terms of video game generations, maybe four to five years, because we're very close. I, I still believe PC VR is not where it's at. If you look at the last eighteen months, we've had a shortage when it comes to the chips. We had shortages because of you know just shipping across the planet. I mean, by having a simple headset and all-in-one, it cuts the barriers down. It's much more affordable. I think that's the future. So within yeah, four to five years, these metaverse products are going to be next level. They're going to be 4K or 8K by then, streaming, readily available at a very affordable price. Right. We're getting so close. I can't wait. Yeah. And I, I, I could see uh, Jimmy giving some emoji love over there. When he was on this stage, he was telling us how the way that we make uh, alt space better and higher poly is that we got to get the hardware better. We got to get the optics better. Uh, and so that will all uh, grow together. And yeah, I think, you know, obviously the, these trends were all accelerated with the pandemic. And now, you know, I've had to go back to, to, to getting into traffic again. And I'm telling you something, I'd rather be at home and, and having a meeting on Zoom or, you know, someday uh, in the metaverse instead of having to brave the traffic. And by the way, I was living in Hawaii during the pandemic. I love that. I did, you know, not that LA is a bad place to be <laughs> living, but living in Hawaii, but like doing all my meetings through Zoom and all of my interacting and hanging out in, in all space and other places was incredible. Um, and so, just living in paradise in the real world, having all the access of, you know, your, your whole uh, work base and friend base online uh, was a dream. So I too hope, uh, hope we can um, get there sooner than later, because I think it's pretty exciting. Um, uh, let's see, we got St. Justin's going to add uh, something here. Yeah. One, one last thing. Um, this is a rumor. I, that I heard, and I was just wondering if you had heard this as well, um, but I heard that Valve was actually looking at creating a alt space-like platform where the portals kind of go into actual oh games so that you can actually pull up a game and say, and then everyone kind of joins that particular game. They were They were trying to create some kind of, you know, solution that, was a virtual reality, but then the games were is where everyone went. Wow. So it's kind of like and creating I, a fort. I did. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't. I, I just I read it on a couple forums, and then I, I, I saw some, you know, some videos that they were talking about it, and that's then not. Then I saw nothing in regards to it after that, and it was just really quick, quick, and it was like two or three years ago, and then I didn't hear anything else after that. Just wondering if anyone heard they were working on something or i i have not i have i have not heard that knowing valve they keep everything close to their chest they keep their cards very close so like you know half-life alex like they, they didn't tell anyone for like four years that they were making a sequel to half-life until it like suddenly dropped. so i wouldn't be surprised if they are doing yeah. something extremely ambitious like that but keeping it quiet uh that sounds like an absolute dream it's like oh imagine you could play fortnite and get all your buddies over to fortnite but then you hop over and you're in like the half-life alex world and i mean that's that sounds like the ultimate uh valve metaverse would be incredible um does it sound too good to be true? I don't know. It sounds a few years off. That's for sure. I don't know if <laughs> Jimmy seems to be Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe doesn't believe the hype. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's certainly possible. I mean, they've had the home 
And then there was that destinations app. So there's definitely stuff. If they just put some of those pieces together, they can certainly do it. Right. Yeah. And if it, it, I mean, the, the destinations, I like it. It looks, uh, I mean, it looks and feels good, but it, it's disjointed if they created a community base. I mean, I, I really like the way that Altspace uh, does events and kind of creates that community base. But uh, I think the world concept being the, the game that you actually go into, uh, that would be so cool. But there, there's something next level on that. That would be so awesome. Yeah, I mean, we bought Bethesda not too long ago, so it will be. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Jimmy's dropping some secrets. <laughs> Don't get me fired. this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Justin. Thank you for uh, awakening our imaginations there, Justin. That sounds uh, super, super cool. Uh, any any last thoughts? How was your tour through the, the different metaverses, Jonathan, uh, Futurosity? It was thoroughly enjoyable. I had great experiences, some weird experiences, but either way, I, it's something I remember. Um, these virtual experiences are something that are sticking in my memory. It's really fascinating when you go back and realize, hey, you have you know, joyful experiences. You get to meet new people. Uh, my world has expanded so much from alt space alone, and I've met so many fascinating people. So I, I absolutely love it. I think the future is going to be amazing, and we're kind of halfway there, maybe even three quarters just step away i'm excited this is yeah. wonderful no absolutely i agree i i'm excited for the the metaverse i i, I think my biggest uh sort of what say just say is like that interoperability would be so incredibly cool to be able to hop in uh from one to next and not have these silos but um i just think that it it's like it it really it defies the laws of physics so it expands your awareness, your world, uh, almost exponentially. It's not like you can you can only be in one place where your body is. You can now hop all over the place and meet uh, a whole bunch of people that you wouldn't have met before. The fact that we have people from all over the world in these virtual worlds, and you never have to know it. You don't. You just are, are hanging out, and one person's in Indonesia, the next person's in New York, and it doesn't matter. And it's uh, it's just going to make uh, bring everyone together, bring the world together, right? Let's. Uh, Let's hope. Let's hope for the best and not that dystopic IOI future. Um, cool. Well, uh, well, thank you all uh, uh, for coming. I know we uh, we couldn't go through them all, but uh, thank you for teleporting in to this world cast of Simulation Nation. Whether you're with us in virtual reality, like these fine folks, are listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast, or watching in Glorious Technicolor on YouTube. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at the Simulation Nation, Twitter at Simulation VR, Facebook, and Discord. And if you enjoyed this event, please give us a five rating in all space before you leave. And if you didn't, please don't share the hate. Uh, then join us next time for our panel of lovebirds with love in the metaverse, where we will meet people who actually fell in love in alt space uh, and then translated that relationship into the real world. And we may or may not have a secret surprise from uh, the magician wizard Nira uh, herself. So you got to come by and see what we have in store for that one. It's going to be super fun. And it sort of takes what we're talking about here to the next level. Uh, so until then, stay plugged, my friends.